Welcome to episode 50 of the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar, Mark Sheeran, Stephen Slate, and I will be discussing how people escape the addiction treatment and recovery trap. We offer two ways to work privately with a Freedom Model instructor at our beautiful St. Jude Retreat and via Zoom with our at-home private instruction. You can get information about our retreat at SoberForever.net and TheFreedomModel.org and about our at-home private instruction at LeaveAddictionBehind.com. And for our 50th episode, what we're going to talk about is how the disease model literally distracts people from figuring out how to change, from figuring out why they like to do it. We actually have people tell us, I don't know why I do it. I really don't like it anymore. I don't know why I do it. And, and that's seriously problematic. I, I think yeah. it's probably the most common thing that people say. After doing this for 30 years, if I was to say, you know, it's the most common thing. I, they come in and they say, I don't know why I do this. I, I literally am mystified as to why I get high all the time. And yeah. Michelle brings up something that's really, really, really important. And that is when you are distracted by something that uh, takes you away from the real reason why you get high, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So addiction is sort of an anti-concept, right? It's, it's, um, it is a word, an idea that kind of takes the place of real understanding of what's going on. Yeah, because right? yes. it, it almost that, stops you from thinking because, yeah, about why you do it. Concepts are, you know, should be specific and narrow, and addiction is wide and not specific. It just put, I mean, it puts you in a the, dark box. The most specificity that it has is to say, well, this is a disease. Right. Right. No, that just okay. kind of happened to that, you. That just kind of happens. Or, but then you'll then they'll flip. So they they'll go from drugs are addictive. They've addicted you. That is the disease. They'll flip from that to well, you have a bunch of these underlying conditions um, hmm. that make you use, and that's your stress, your anxiety. Whatever. So they go from it being purposeless to being purposeful, but then they switch back to purposeless. Whatever, right? Like, whatever. why do you use drugs? Well, just because you're an addict. Right. 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 You know? And, um, well, then, okay, well, what about the underlying causes? Oh, well, those are important, too. <laughs> I don't know. It just... It's whatever. You know, it's whatever's convenient at the treatment center to say. Yeah. To, to to stop the conversation from going actually into a productive conversation. And yeah, you notice. Here's one thing that they do. I'm sorry, it's just a little side note, but basically, to poor people or sort of young people that they can bully around more, mm-hmm. they just say, "You're an addict. You got to stop." Right? right, and then if you're if you've got more money, you go to a place where they're like, oh, you've got underlying conditions. Let's do a whole oh, bunch of therapy. Point. Yeah, yeah, you've got this stress and this anxiety. Let's get a whole cadre of of, of and it's like, therapists. Yes. And it's like we need to romance and, and convince this person here a little bit of in a better of a way, in a nicer way, give them a nicer story. And for this this twenty two year old, it's like. You're an addict. You shouldn't have tried the drugs. (laughs) Yeah, It's so strange. But anyways, think of it. Um, it, You go to to treatment and they're pretty much just like you have a disease. You are forced to use these drugs. That is the reason why. 
Yeah, that's yeah. the reason why you use, and it's and it's not. But but then they try to find the. You said that though. They try to find the underlying reasons. So what addiction treatment has morphed into over the last fifty years is is we're just gonna we're not gonna we're gonna double down on this disease concept that you're powerless and you're out of control. And and it's not working, so now we're gonna add a whole bunch more crap to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, it's it's just like yeah. what government does. The government does it. It'll come up. It's like starlings. Starlings were the answer for sparrows. I didn't know sparrows were a problem, but apparently the government <laughs> thought that sparrows, the overpopulation of the most common bird in America, by the way, was was sparrows. <laughs> so somebody was complaining about sparrows. So the government, in their infinite wisdom, decided to bring over starlings from Britain. Now starlings are now uh, the plague of like your every house owner really? the, in in America. Oh yeah, and, and it's killed the sparrows, but now we have a starling problem. Yeah, <laughs> like right? a serious starling problem. Yeah, it's yeah. the old woman who swallowed a fly. Yeah, you know that yes. little nursery yes. rhyme thing. Yeah. So, so you start with <laughs> one wrong idea. The wrong yeah. idea was that spar- s- sparrows were a problem. They okay. were a problem. Nobody gave a rats behind yeah, nobody about cared. sparrows. Yeah. Um, but the disease concept is the sparrow. And that yeah. is, you know, you have a disease. You don't really, by the way, to the listeners, you don't have a disease. No. That's, that's bunk. Um, but that lie then precipitates all kinds of things downstream of it that become even more problematic, like underlying causes. And, you know, then, then, and then it just gets deeper and deeper. But here's the issue. The reason that's such a problem is because they're trying to get you away from admitting that you like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're, you're well, literally the, com- the conversation gets away completely away from you like it for various important reasons to you that we're going to talk about in a minute. You get high because of very specific things, but that's not discussed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a black and white answer. Well, it's it's a black and white answer because they just want to force the conclusion, which is I have to quit. Right, yes. I have to do anything it takes to quit. And let's not screw around with why I do it. Let's let's just focus on how do I force myself to not do it. And what we're saying is, you know what? You don't have to force yourself to not do it. When people do that, it's painful to them. It feels like willpower, right? Like just yep. be strong and ignore that you've got this drive coming from in. That's just the addiction, right? You know, and, and just try to stop yourself from doing it. Be strong, run off to a meeting when you think you're going to use or whatever else, right? And what we're saying is, no, you get some understanding in why you like this. And then you start to question that. Say, all right, really, what are my other options with what I'm trying to achieve with drugs? Is, is there a better way to achieve that in my life? Are the drugs really providing me what I need, right? We, we, you know, just like treat a person like a person. Yeah. And understand that they're motivated, that drugs are a means and drinking is a means to an end. And um, and if once they determine that it's no longer the best means to the ends they're trying to get, they're not going to want to do it anymore. Right? Now, That's what it comes down to. People, people ask me all the time, I'm going to back up for a second to what Steve's talking about because he's getting closer to the topic at hand, <laughs> really. Um, but people have asked me, and it's a legitimate question, why is the disease concept the preeminent idea about addiction? And... To understand that, you have to understand funding streams. And in the 1950s, they declared uh, alcohol use, uh, heavy use, as a disease because uh, it was the only way to get health insurance providers a way to bill. 
You needed a way to bill. You needed a medical diagnostic code. And they thought they were doing a good thing. They, you know, yeah. they sort of declared it a disease. Nobody was really thinking ahead like the Sparrow Starling thing. Okay. Yeah. And nobody <laughs> was, point. nobody was thinking about the downstream ramification of this. Well, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to comment on that so much because it's like drugs are always seen as the quick fix and we're not really looking into the future and everything about the disease model was has the, been the same exact yeah. thing. Like, okay, well this will get money for treatment. It will um, remove people's shame. And it's like, all right, but Mm -hmm. yeah, stigma. But what are the, what, what comes after that? That's right. What is the next thing? What comes tomorrow? Here's what's interesting about that. The answer is underlying causes (laughs) because that too. And medication. And that's right. Because what happened was health insurance companies got tired of paying for treatment. Because they kept paying for it over and over and over again. That's exactly right. And so what did they do? They doubled down on their starlings. What they did is they said, you now have to be diagnosed with a mental illness on top of your alcoholism diagnosis in order for health insurance to reimburse. Suddenly, suddenly, everybody everybody, had a diagnosis. everybody's got a mental disorder. Yeah. So now, now think about what I just said. Everybody, everybody that goes to treatment has to have, behind the scenes, the reason when you go to rehab, they're giving you an evaluation and coming up with bipolar. I know there are listeners right now that go, I was was in the evaluation and suddenly they're saying I have bipolar. I didn't didn't think I ever had bipolar. I I had no symptoms of bipolar, but now I have, or PTSD, that's the big one. Right, because it's it's trendy right now with with all the veterans. Oh yeah, everybody's back. got PTSD. So everybody's got PTSD <laughs> because it's so amorphous. It could have been something. Could have been anything. Could, but you don't remember. You don't even remember it. Right? Yeah, we're so, gonna find it. We're, we're gonna find that trauma. Um, gonna, there was a story in the paper in a New Jersey paper years ago. I know I mentioned this before, but like, where they interviewed these nurses and they talked about how, when somebody would come in to try to get admitted for addiction, uh, treatment. The nurses would train them before they go into the evaluation to present themselves as bipolar. Oh, and they really? admitted this. This was in a newspaper article. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. It's so terrible. Yeah. It's just so terrible. So so that's I, I just wanted to back up to that. That this this uh, whole premise that you're a diseased, broken person is based on decisions that were made in the fifties and sixties to get funding. Like I said, I think they were trying to do a good thing. You know, I don't think there was, like I, I've always said, there's no diabolical puppet master making all this bad stuff happen. It wasn't like that. Um, but downstream, we're now reaping the, 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 the sadness that that's produced. Yeah. You know, wrecked lives that people who think they have mental illness when they don't. Um, and not understanding why they get high. Yeah, yeah. people like, genuinely don't understand now. When they say, I don't know why I do it. I can see that they are perplexed. And yeah. they are in pain over that. I mean, think of yeah. that. You have a purpose. You you feel like you're having a purposeless drive. Yeah. That is foreign to you. That's that's it, that's, yeah. happening. Right. that's that's it's happening to that's you. Happening that's coming from you. the outside. You know, like OCD, right? Mm-hmm. Like people feel like I just feel this impulse to wash my hands constantly mm-hmm. and I can't say I know it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, but it just keeps coming. That's what people end up feeling like about their drug and alcohol use if they've been in the system long enough and or just believing the hype yeah. long well, enough. Believing right? the, the cultural whenever they're yeah. yeah, whenever they become convinced of it, it's really puzzling. And then the other interesting phenomena is people that, that come in 
you guys have heard this too, I'm sure, where people are like, I don't know what happened. My childhood was great. My mm-hmm. family yes. was great. I wasn't traumatized in any way. That, Nothing ever went wrong. I, I just, so what's wrong with me? I must be really screwed up. Yeah. 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 And that, that again is that downstream argument. Now we're looking for causes. We're looking for underlying conditions. We're looking for our PTSD. We're looking for some bipolar reason. We're looking for a trauma. Right. Yeah. Where, where was the trauma? And I'll tell you, this gets into some of the other topics that we've talked about where you go to rehab and suddenly you're finding them because you're in group therapy and you feel on the outs because you yeah. had a good life. Yeah. OK. Now, I didn't really have a great life. OK. So I did have some trauma and stuff like that that I could kind of point to as an excuse. But I looked around the room and I, I have met people even in rehab and outside mm-hmm. of it. And certainly here where they said I was looking and I, I had a good life. Yeah. But I drink a case of beer a day and it's killing me and I don't know why. Yeah. You know? So Well, those people are increasingly feeling like something must be seriously wrong with them because they think the definition of an addiction now is that it must be caused by a trauma. That's exactly right. So they're like, I have I have this, but I have no trauma. So I must they're so really, really broke. They're almost more hopeless, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Than yeah. somebody that could identify trauma. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So it's, it's <clears throat> and it's and it's those people that make the disease theory plausible because you look at somebody that's seemingly out of control, drinking themselves to death or using drugs and they've overdosed a dozen times and mm-hmm. they're being brought back and and like people from the outside professionals look at that and go, well, there must be something broken in their brain. That's right. Yeah. They, they can't possibly like this. Yeah, they can't they like can't it to the point where like it'll this. kill them. Right. And and that's that's that same sort of statement that, you know, you get really drunk and you wreck a car and after you wreck the car you say you hate drinking, you know, and it's easy for everybody around you to point and say, You must hate drinking. You know, look right. at your life. Yeah. And and the person quietly in the corner of their mind is saying, I don't really dislike the drinking part. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like the drinking part. I just didn't like crashing the car. Now, when you say something like that, you're getting closer to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Once you once you look at your life and just look at it, and I just had a class with somebody uh, where we went through. He started the class with, "I don't know why I do this." It's literally a 25 year run. Okay. He's sober four days, and I said, "We got to do chapter four. Let's get started." And he said, "Okay." And he highlighted the entire chapter. (laughs) Chapter four is the preference chapter. Why do I prefer it? Yeah. Why do I keep doing this? Why do I prefer it? Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. We hear this disease stuff all the time as if, you know, heavy substance use is purposeless. But I always watch these shows and documentaries about people with drug problems. And they'll typically go to a person with a heroin problem, why do you do this, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they'll say, it's the best feeling on earth. It's right. like being wrapped in a blanket. Now, wrapped in a warm blanket or something, right? We, always, we always laugh at that one. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like, I wish somebody, I used to have a heroin problem, I wish somebody <laughs> would just give me an electric blanket. <laughs> Would have helped you not go to jail if you died. It's a lot of red cars. Would have kept me out of jail, right? Or one of those weighted blankets they have now. Like those weighted. You wouldn't have been. You wouldn't have been boosting baby formula. Yeah, I wouldn't have been boosting baby formula. I love that about Steve. I love his stories. For the listeners Um, out there, he's got awesome stories. But 
But here you go. They're, they're talking in an interview about addiction as a disease, and they say, why did you do this? And they say, it's the best feeling on earth. This overwhelming euphoria, you know, you just feel like everything, it's, it's, it's just the best joy and pleasure and comfort you could have in the world. And then a few minutes later, right, <laughs> and they're saying that um, <laughs> I they, don't, I don't they, know why. <laughs> they use it to escape yeah. their, uh, to numb themselves yes. from right. their negative emotions. Yes, right? yes. Right, and... Which, by the way, those are contradictions to have euphoria and numbness. Right. Right. And then they'll be crying while they're high. <laughs> yeah. After having said How happy that, it, that it numbs their yeah. their negative emotions, then they're crying. And they're going through this. They're naming a whole range of things that they're seeking. And typically, once you start talking to somebody with a, a problem, like I've had the people that come in and they say, I don't know why I do this. And then five minutes later, they're telling me, you know, well, my husband stresses me out so much and then I just have to have a drink. Okay, wait, so you just named a reason. Yeah. You, yes. you just... There, there was utility named, in that, yeah. Yeah, utility, a, a, a motivation, a means to an end. You think it'll help you deal with the stress? Now, whether, now whether it does or not is to be seen. Yeah, you know, but, but that that is something much more than I'm addicted. That's much more specific. I think it will help me with my stress. That's right. That's yeah. a reason. Well, I was just thinking, a lot of times when I when we get to this chapter, um, people are scared to go through it. They're scared to think about why they like it. Yeah, I've had that. You know, and I think that's part of the reason the tri- treatment industry avoids it completely. Yeah. Because there's this idea that if I really, really focus in on what I like about it, then I'm almost... Um, glamorizing it or you know building it up in my brain and I'm going to want it that much more yeah yeah and, and they and they feel like they're starting to lose control of their client I'll tell you when, when you watch the the management at rehabs and the, the thing they're terrified about is that person leaving because their paycheck is in check yeah okay so they'll do just about anything to not talk about it they're terrified of it they're terrified to talk about it, and yeah. uh, and so they just keep switching to that disease. Scare the person. Scare yeah. the person. Yeah. So there are reasons, right? Yes. That's the first thing we want to say. Yes. It's clear that there are reasons. There are there are motivations that people have in their mind to drink or take drugs. Do we want to just go through these? Yeah, I think let, let, let's just name them. Let's just do the topic headings right in a, just name them off. Well, because I want I want people to hear how many reasons, and when you hear this list of reasons, and then we'll go back. Yeah. But when you go through this list to the listener, I want you to think, oh, I've thought that or mm-hmm. not. I, I but I want you to mentally check off how many reasons you agree with that you have thought. Yeah. Well, people are seeking new experiences. I mean, that's one of the first things. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is that it's a novel activity or experience. Pleasure, the high. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> and which is why um, some people like certain drugs and some people do, like. Yeah, they pick. They pick and choose because sometimes you like the high and sometimes you don't. That's right. Yeah, and so there's the high, and then we're going to separate that slightly from physical pleasure. Yeah. Right. There's there may be one in the same thing, but they're kind of different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? The, way, the way you interpret it. Yeah. Yeah. Altered states of consciousness. To try to see the world differently, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Experience the world differently. Um, 
social factors, right? To do it with other people. Yeah. yeah. Right? Socialize, yeah. that kind of thing. I just got to digress for a second. I once had a guy say to me, I'm just so lonely. I go to the crack house and I, I go there because it's, I have a social experience. I go, now, are you talking hookers or, or, or what? <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's usually what works socially at a crack house. He's like, no, I just hang out with the crackheads. And I'm like, really? It's just not a social environment, man. But it is. But it is. Yeah, it is. So a relief of psychological pain. Yeah. Right? If you believe it does that, then that's a, a reason, a good reason. To lower your inhibitions. Yeah. Like feel like you can be somebody else, be more open. Yep, that's a common belief. Dance, whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, sleep. A lot of people say that they need a drug to make them sleep. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Often alcohol, which ruins your sleep, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and then, you know, so these are the basic, basic reasons, basic motivations. Then you have these sort of secondary reasons, right? Which is that the drug has ease and reliability. Yeah, you it's, feel like it's you always get what you want. From the it. devil you know. Yeah. That's what yeah. I call that. The devil you know. It's and comfort. It's, yeah. So if it's relief, you feel like you're always going to get relief, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, and even when it's not really cutting it anymore, you just keep going back to the devil you know. That, right. Yeah, right? And then there's habit. Yeah, habit plays a huge role in it. Right? Which, once you've habitualized something... Um, it's very easy. It... It takes no thought, mm-hmm. and doing something different does take thought right. and, and effort, all right? Crowding out your other options, that's once you've been drinking or drugging heavily for a while, and you're losing friends, and you're losing connections of other things to do, yeah. right? And you're out of the game of anything else, yeah. and all you got in front of you. I call that the myopic this. life. Yeah. yeah. You've yeah. shrunk in your life. Um lowered expectations of the addict or alcoholic role. Yeah. Right? If you're mm-hmm. a drunk, people accept the fact that you're going to screw up. And they don't, right? yeah, they, they don't. They let you off the hook. Right, they don't look yeah. for you for anything at But again, point. this is yeah. something that comes later stage that becomes a benefit. That's they, right. Get, you know. I can get away with right. cheating on my wife. I can get away with getting in a fight and embarrassing myself. I can get away with uh, avoiding work yeah. and not working and yeah. just being... Avoiding a, parenting. Yeah, there you go. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. And um, being unaware of better options, right? I don't know what else to do with myself. That's yeah. that's huge. That's a powerful motivation to keep using and to, and to get a stronger desire to use. The less you can imagine other options... The more you'll want to do the, the devil you, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um... You have low self-esteem. You don't feel like you can do other things, even if the, even if you know they're out there. Yep. Right? You don't feel like you can find joy in other ways. Um, thinking that you're an old dog who can't learn new tricks. I'll tell you, I grew up with a whole host of guys that were in their 40s and 50s and 60s that were that, and they would say it. Yeah. They'd yep. say, you ain't going to teach me no, nothing new, yeah. you know? And they'd sit at the picnic table and they'd drink their fifth of yeah. Jack. And, and they died that way. Mm-hmm. But they were in their yeah. 70s and they lived their life the way they wanted to, but it was a hell of a, a motivation for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the battle for independence. Again, you know, once you've been labeled an mm-hmm. addict or an alcoholic and there's people trying to make you stop. 
How many women do you work with, Michelle, that have the battle of independence? They drink at their husbands. They drink at their children. And young yep. people drink at their parents. They drink at their Use parents. Use drugs at their parents. Yep. You know, you're not going to, like, run You're not going to tell me what to do. I'm a grown-up. I can it do be- what I want. It becomes a symbol of independence. Yeah. Right? Um the believing that the rewards of change are too distant. Oh, that's huge with just about everybody we get right. where they say, you know, to move on just seems so hard and, and it's a deferred gratification. I'm a, I'm a lover of instant gratification. Well, everything's instant gratification. Even that long-term yes. job, each day you're working with instant gratification. Yeah. You know, so. Withdrawal discomfort. That's a little bit of the shakes or... Nausea and diarrhea from heroin withdrawal, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, staving that off. Relief of boredom, right? And the reason we put this in the secondary reasons is uh, because it's like once your life has shrunken and you don't know yeah. Yeah. what else to do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just another way of saying it. Shame. You're down on yourself. So you sort of give up. Yeah. Right? This is who I am. Um... So that's that's the list of them. This is certainly isn't exhaustive, right? But uh, the point is, probably, if you listen to that list, you probably related to a lot of things on there if you're currently a heavy drug or alcohol user. And you have reasons. You ha- there it's are, not just the disease. If the a, disease obliterates all the reasons. And what we're trying to do is actually bring some understanding to the mo- why you're motivated to do this instead of just copping out with, I'm addicted. If there were a substance that did all those things, we would all be taking them all the time. That's right. Yeah. And, and ironically, saying that, the people that are listening are doing that, right? Yeah, They're because dr- they believe it. Because they believe it. So one of the things I think that's important to say, I don't think we have time to go through all of them. So, yeah. But one of the things I want to say is that... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. If if the drug actually did all of these things, you're always going to want it. So one of the things that we do is we challenge each of those. So let's say that you have um, one of those reasons and you say, oh, that totally, my battle for independence. Well, does it make you actually independent and does it improve the relationship? Does it make you feel better in the relationship? Does it accomplish these things? Right. right? Yeah. I feel independent for... 10 minutes, but now I'm in a fight with my husband or my wife, right? Um, they're going to take my kids away. Yeah, I'm going to be awfully independent here soon. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm going to lose everything. And does it actually do these things? So that would be an example where we would challenge that benefit and say, is there a better way to claim your independence? Is there a better way to grow your life where you feel as an independent person? You know, and and there are obviously a whole bunch of ways that that can happen, right. you know, but the person might not believe that. Until, yeah. until we challenge that benefit. Yeah. And, and even the physical pleasure and the high, I mean, really when you look at what substances actually do, right. it's, it's, it's not all that, you know? It's, right. it's It just changes, mm-hmm. you know, it shifts things and speeds things up, slows things down a little bit, and, um, and, it, and it's temporary. It's fleeting. It's, it's like having a cookie. You know what I mean? It's it's not once you really like take all the rest of the mythology out of it and what it can and can't do, like relief of psychological pain, it clearly can't do that. Right. 
you know, and it's that's it. That's a, one of the easiest ones to walk people through for them to be able to see. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really tough to to show people that one of the challenges we have is to show people that the drug that I have them write out their reasons for mm-hmm. use after this chapter and they'll say uh, well it meaning alcohol or the drug yeah. does this this and this it does this this and this it does that. and I say stop after like the third one <laughs> I'll go stop does it really do that right it does it think yeah does it act does it have a motive? Yeah. Is it is it actually going into your mind and selecting a thought that you find harmful to yourself or or, or sad and, and remove it? Does it remove the stress? Does How it does it pharmacologically do take it away? That's right. And then they go, well, no, no. And I said, then who does? <laughs> who yeah. is the it? Is it so? Th- there are two things at play here. Yeah. There's you, your mind, your thinking apparatus, your brain and your mind, and then you have the drug. Can the drug... Who's intelligent here? Right. Right? Yeah. And it certainly can't be a substance because it's not alive. Yeah. But to get to that point, right, we're arguing for some clarity first. Yes. Which is, you've got a choice. Can You, you want to see this as a disease, a purposeless activity that somehow you are animated to do and to want to do with no other normal process of your mind going on, right? Yes. Do you want to view it as an addiction or as what has been a meaningful, purposeful activity for you that you do have specific motivations for carrying out? Because and that's that can what it ch- is. And that can change. And that can change. But but we first have to acknowledge what it is. That's right. You're highly motivated. It's like when somebody's in a really a really um, tumultuous relationship, right? And like, I don't know why I stay with this person. They make me so mad. Well, but there's also a lot of things you see in them and you don't think you'll find love elsewhere and whatever it is. It's not, it doesn't have to be a total mystery. Right. It's right? Like you're not in a bad marriage in a vacuum. No. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. You know, you stay because you see benefit in it. And it's hard to admit sometimes. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're if you in a very abusive situation. Well, with a drug, it's hard to admit too after you've crashed the car and you've had your kids taken away. I get that. I yeah. get the incentive to avoid the real reasons. It's hard to say, yeah. well, I liked smoking crack so much and the consequence was I lost my children. I get why you would want to avoid that conversation. Yeah. 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 So, um, and the disease seems plausible because it's something <laughs> other than you. is almost facilitating the denial of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. It's, it's just, a massive I'm addicted. Dis- yeah, I'm addicted. Look this, at me. Yeah. You know, would I, would I actually smoke crack and lose my kids if I wasn't diseased? Come on. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. But you yeah. can't have it both ways. That's right. You can't. That's the problem. So, yeah. Right. So there's a choice here. Yeah. And it's really, this is, you know, this is the choice of the entire freedom model in a way if you think you're interested in this approach, it means you put aside that disease thing. Uh, you know, we could tell you the technicalities of why it's really technically not a disease. That's a different discussion, right? But assuming you buy into that, there's still then this emotional buy-in. Do you want to be on the side where you write off your problems to a disease? 
or do you want to say, actually, I do have my own real motivations to do this. I'm going to sort them out. I'm going to challenge them. I'm going to identify them and find a way to, to, uh, to move on from this. Like, yeah. That's, that's what, that's, and I was amazed you said you didn't like this chapter when I wrote it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I remember working I remember. on it. Why is it here? And then, and then, as soon as we rolled out the book, all of the instructors uh, at the retreats were like, "Everybody is really figuring things out in chapter four. Yeah, and and the, now and it's the r- like the second it. chapter. I always give people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know. There's something very powerful in something so basic, which is let's just go yes. through all the commonly said reasons. I mean, and then we get into the habitual stuff. There's a little like hidden, you know, but but yeah, these common reasons are there. So so if you acknowledge that, that there are motivations, even and if the motivation is just it feels good and I don't know what else to do with myself. Yeah. That's, that's I'd say that's everybody. That's right. Very, that's a base everybody. That's still very specific. Yeah. Yeah. It is a heck of a lot more specific than I have it's an a amorphous disease. I have an, an amorphous, amorphous disease yeah. that, that renders me incapable that nobody's of figured out. You wanna know how many different justifications they've had for the disease model over the years? <laughs> At first they said it's an allergy to alcohol. Right. Yeah. Right. And they still have that. Yeah. That's still part of it. Yeah. Each of these things continues to be part yeah. of it. Right. Part of the mythology. It just grows and from one yet. myth to the next. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was. Oh, if you go way back, it was something caused by spirits. That's right. Oh, that's but right. But not by spirits, meaning distilled liquor. Yes. Yes. But not by fermented beverages. That's right, because they're the good creature of God. <laughs> <laughs> they're the good right. creature right. of God. That's what they called it. Right. Because that was the currency of monks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in AA, they've said there's a spiritual deficit that causes yeah. this yeah. disease. Now, right? now it's the brain disease. Now You're it's the hijacking brain disease. of brain chemistry. Yeah. Then, it, then, but in between there was the biopsychosocial model of disease. Yeah. Which, how do you have a social disease? That's kind of that reminds me of. <laughs> and over the years, the, maybe, yeah. Or... <laughs> well, oh, and by the way, the treatment for said disease is. Finding God, prayer, sitting in a meeting and talking about faith said healing. disease, yeah. faith yeah. healing, looking at your character defects, yeah. um, being a selfless human being. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, it's all I, about morality. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it has been a moral it's a it's a it it's been a uh, pursuit of reforming people morally. Yes. But they've hidden behind medical jargon jargon mm-hmm. right yeah um what was the other thing oh with some of the drugs at various times like heroin and other things the withdrawal is the cause of yes. the disease but, right but anybody can see like you can throw somebody in a detox for a couple of weeks or a jail yes right? yeah and all right the withdrawal ain't a factor no more That's but right. then they go back and they do it just as much right, right. there's been all these different disease models and um, and then they just keep all getting mixed together. It's a little of this, a little of that, like you said earlier. Whatever can convince a person yeah. at the time to say, you're right, I must quit. But like their heart isn't really in it because they've still got all these reasons. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. And and the reasons, it's so funny because, you know, when, when the light bulb goes on in chapter four so quickly, 
with, yeah. with the guest. They read it and they go, oh my God, yes, 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 yes. And they're relieved. <laughs> they're like, oh, so I don't have to believe in this disease nonsense. And I'm like, hey, you can totally let it go now. You know, move on with your life. Yeah. Okay. All right. I we'll think we covered it, it out. I think we I covered mean, it well. Go to the book and read chapter four if you want to like see the commentary on all those reasons. Yes. You know, it's and very then, detailed. And then if you'll see chapter 17 through 20, a lot of them are questioned. And um, and then after you read through most of the Freedom Model, you'll be a big boy and able to question whatever you are more specific. That's right. You get more specific motives in that. Just just starting to like question some of the basic ones, it shows you there's different perspectives on this. Do I need this drug for X? Right. For whatever you're trying to achieve. With right. It? You don't. That's a... Like, as they say, you know, you weren't born with a bottle in your mouth or a needle That's in your true. arm. You don't need them. You're welcome to have them, but you don't need the drugs. That's right. Thank you for so much for listening today. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior, or you want help moving past recovery, we encourage you to call us at 888-424-2626, or you can reach us through our website, thefreedommodel.org. At thefreedommodel.org, we offer many free resources, including videos, these podcasts, and ebooks. Digital editions of our books are available for free to our podcast listeners at thefreedommodel.org forward slash products. Use coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout for the Freedom Model for Addictions and FAMILY100 for the Freedom Model for the Family. Paperbacks are available on Amazon and other online retailers. If you have questions about the Freedom Model or want to talk to someone privately about your specific situation, you can call us 888-424-2626 or email us at info at thefreedommodel.org. That's 888-424-2626. If you or someone you love needs medical detox, we encourage you to call our friends at Gallus Detox. That's G-A-L-L-U-S Detox. <laughs> you can find them online at gallusdetox.com. From everyone here at the St. Jude Retreat and the Freedom Model, we wish you well. Until next time. Right, bye, everybody. Bye.